Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV again this week. And today we have an exciting show planned for you. Sasha and I are going to be looking at installing Ubuntu Linux in Microsoft Windows. New technology from Microsoft, of all folks, is going to make that possible for you. Also, we do have some sad news for Star Trek fans. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Are trusted only to solid state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv TV slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. This is episode number 575. Wow. It, like, it begs for a theme song. We're 25 episodes away from 600. <gasps> yeah. I know, right? Can you believe? 575 I... weeks of Category 5 Technology TV. <sighs> We've given Jeff the night off. <laughs> Again. Yes. Again. Again. Poor guy. I know. Under I the f- weather. Under the weather. Under the weather. But. What you can do. What you can do, folks. What you can do. <laughs> what you can do. So we're here. We are ready to do this. We've got some exciting show for you tonight. Uh, first of all, I want to give shouts out and big thanks to our patrons, those of you who are supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash category five. It's a great way to support the show. It's only a buck a month, and it gets you in on things like the behind-the-scenes vlog. Right. And you get to hang out with me a little bit more throughout the course of the week, learn what's going on behind the scenes, that kind of stuff. And um, beyond that, um, it helps us to be able to do the little things that we need to do and sometimes the big things that we need to do in order to keep the show going. That is true. Mm -hmm. Right now we need a new, uh, not a new UPS. I don't want to replace the existing UPS. We need a supplemental UPS. We need an additional UPS. We have, we've grown to the point where, and I never, I I don't know why this didn't cross my mind, Sasha, but here at our studio, we've grown to the point where we have so much equipment that we need more than one UPS. (laughs) Uh, Hello. Like, I didn't ever think of that. Like, this should have been the first thing across my mind uh well now i should have thought of that you 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 think of a lot of things robbie so now when we do the show just before the show i turn off a few things (laughs) tonight i turned off the server right because it was like our ups is right at the brink of going ballistic what uh, what worries me about that is when you turn off the server Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm also giving people voices. Sure. When you turn off the server, like at my work, when you turn off the server, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Everything, everything just stops working. No, crashes because we're a live I, show, Sasha. Yeah. It, everything that you see is actually happening. So you can it's have the no real server. Deal. Like in my. Like oh yeah, our server is storage. So, so that that has to do with like so after the show tonight when I start editing I have to import it from our recorder into the server and then start editing it. Okay. So I'll have to fire it up immediately as soon as we're done tonight. Oh 
okay. But well, for now, we can save some electricity. Earlier, when you're like, oh, I'll just turn off the, the server, and I said, do whatever you think is right. Really, on the inside, I was like, what are you that thinking? That was horrific for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, whatever. He seems so casual about mm, it. Yeah. You know, when the server dies at my work, I also die. And things right now are <laughs> working just fine, even without a server. Yes. It's perfect. Huh. But we do need to add supplemental power so that we can keep everything running right. throughout the course of the broadcast. Um, and that would be pretty cool. So thank you to our patrons who do support yes. us financially. And because there's power in numbers, even though it's only a dollar a month, uh, and some of you give more, and we appreciate that. I don't want to at all belittle that. But I want to make it clear that, hey, it only takes a dollar a month and right. uh, 10 million people. <laughs> It's also worth noting that affiliate links are super helpful, too. It really does especially help. Especially because we're getting closer to December, which is a pretty big gift-buying That's season. a cool thought, because Christmas time is always a really great time for us, because we, we do have needs at the end of the year. <laughs> yes. Um, and if you do your Christmas shopping online, let's just say, for example, you shop through Amazon. Right. I think that's what you're thinking. Yes, exactly. You do thinking. that through our website. Yes. And then a percentage of each sale, it doesn't change the price for you at all, but for us, we get a percentage of each sale. So um, mm -hmm. that is another cool way to help Category 5 to grow and expand and stay strong. Right. And I was like, I get kind of excited about the fact that like, I'm going to buy it anyway. Right. And then I yeah, think to oh, myself, yeah. okay, well, I know. it's cool that it's you so get a cool. percentage. Like, it's so cool. For example, for Christmas, for Dave, and I feel like you already know this, Dave. So if you're watching and oh, you are watching. Oh, mute the speakers, buddy. Mute the speakers. You probably already know Forget this. about the closed captions. I'm getting him, like, you know, the spongy floor things that we stand on? These things? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting him an eight by 10 spongy floor thing to oh. go in the middle of our living room for our VR setup. Oh, no way. So it doesn't hurt. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. and also because in but VR... But is he going to be limited to like a three by three square? No, it's going to be <laughs> six by eight. It's six by eight. Okay, oh, that's right? huge. Right? Holy cow. It's a big deal. So yeah. I'm getting it through the affiliate links because it's wow. the big gift. Mm. Um, and Yeah, I'm thinking about these are like three feet long and they were Yeah, you know, this a is big the gift. big gift. Yeah. Um, but... With VR, and the reason why I don't play VR as dramatically as I could is because mm -hmm. sometimes, like, there's this green, like, grid line that's the boundary you've set. And if oh. you, but if you pass it, it, you've passed the green line. Like, you can look back and see your, the, your boundary and that oh. you passed it. But once you've passed it, there's no indicator that you've passed it. So if you're, like, oh, boxing no. and you go past... You and can I, hit the TV? You can, yeah. You can or touch the, the wife? TV or the wall. Or, <laughs> he has one time hit me, but no. not intentionally. Oh, Dave. And only just Careful, a little man. bit with the controller. So this, yeah, so, you need like a mat that you can right? put in front of you. Yeah. So what you can do is do the six by eight mat, including the grid lines at the end of the mat. Oh, so neat. that you have like the tactile foot change too, right? Okay. I'm stepping off the mat. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm I touching the carpet Sasha. now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a cool idea. Yeah. That's a cool idea. Affiliate links. We'll get... You know, yeah. I'll pay the same, but the show will have some Yeah, money. we benefit from it, and, yeah. and the percentage helps helps us out. So that's enough money talk. I know, I know. Okay, sorry. I Absolutely, but it does help us out. And because we are a group of volunteers and we do this for free, um, it, it really does help us out. So we appreciate you, and I want you to know that we greatly appreciate you. So thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of... Um, groups of individuals who volunteer their time and do it at no charge to anyone because they're like us just fans of doing what they're doing right we yes. love this we absolutely love doing category 5 we, tv we love it so we're fans 
along with you. And, and this, is, this is something we look forward to every single week. Sasha, do you remember when you and I took a tour in virtual reality of the Starship Enterprise? Yes. Was that not the most amazing that experience? That was so cool. And oh my. for me, yes. having grown up, watching Star Trek The Next Generation and yes. feeling like NCC 1701D was kind of a part of my upbringing, if you will. Like, when I was alone watching Star Trek The Next Generation, it kind of felt like you weren't Captain, so P- Captain Picard was kind of like a fatherly <laughs> right. figure to me, right? right? And the Enterprise was very much an extension of my inner home like that felt like home to me yes so to be able to visit the starship enterprise was an experience that that goes far beyond star trek and far beyond cbs and what's possible through television and and it felt like something that was just like a huge dream come true for me in virtual reality yeah and that was done through the efforts of a volunteer group of developers, programmers, and truly artists. Mm-hmm. And that was through Stage 9. And Stage 9 has some sad news this week. What happened? For fans of Star Trek and fans who love the project. And that is that Stage 9, as a volunteer group and folks who are not doing it for any recompense monetarily... Right have received a cease and desist from CBS Studios. Why? Why? That's the question. Why CBS Studios? So you Why? look at that. You look at the, the whole mindset behind Star Trek, and in particular Star Trek The Next Generation, and the, the, the nature of it. And I think it kind of mirrors the nature of our broadcast right. in Category 5 TV. And the, we want to make every effort when we say, hey, support us through our affiliate links and those kinds of things and through Patreon. We want Category 5 to always be free. We yeah. want it to be freely available to anyone who wants it. And so those things help us to be able to do that because and, it costs money. And we're never looking to really make a profit. We're looking to yeah. pay the bills and to enhance the the show, like enhance the yeah. game. So that's Get us. Things, right, exactly. But that's a mindset. Yeah. And I think that that is really that kind that's, of mindset that comes from Next Generation. Right. And I think that that's really shared with the Stage 9 folks, the folks who created that amazing, amazing experience. So just literally two, maybe three weeks out from version 11 coming out, mm-hmm. like they're right on the cusp of being able to release the latest and greatest version of Stage 9, the virtual reality experience of NCC 1701D, the Starship Enterprise from the next generation. Literally weeks away from that and they get the cease and desist. So what does that mean for them? Can they move on in any way from that? For the team at Stage 9, what it means, Sasha, is that they have to stop. They have no choice. Mm. They can face basically criminal lawsuit if CBS pushes any further and if they do not obey the fact that this is this goes back to we've been through this with nintendo and 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 the thought that this is intellectual property and yes we acknowledge that star trek is an intellectual property of cbs studios however as fans of star trek and fans of star trek the next generation we love it we want Mm -hmm. to keep it alive because it's been off the air for many many years yes 
we want that experience. Now we finally have the technology that a group of volunteers who are doing it for free can give that to us, the fans of Star Trek, and keep it alive so that when maybe CBS says, hey, we're going to bring Patrick Stewart back, all of a sudden, we who, you know, that dream has been kept alive through fan efforts. Right. Are still there, are still passionate about this project, about, about the whole Star Trek thing, right? Ah, oh, I just, my heart breaks for them. It really does. And the fan, fandom, and it's, it's disheartening to see CBS taking that stance as well, to, to just basically shut them down. Yeah, I, th- I, I feel like maybe I was wrong in how much faith I had in CBS and their abilities to just, like... Oh, I just don't love it. I don't like this. It's the same. I felt heebie-jeebies when, <laughs> when the when it, who was it that stopped people from doing the ROMs? Was it Nintendo? Yeah, it's yeah. And pff, before that, love Nintendo, but like, why do you need to make money off of old Zelda? I'm okay like, with that, though, Sasha. I'm okay I'm with them making money off of it, but don't kill away the fan projects that are not making money off of it. Right. Even if Stage 9 collected money from their users, which maybe they did a little bit, but they didn't, in, like that was not at all their intent. And I don't know if they did or not. But if they did, mm-hmm. we, we, take, we take commission off of Amazon and things like that. We pay for hosting. We yeah. pay for an astronomical amount of storage space to be able to host 11 seasons of HD video. We distribute it over RSS feeds. That costs a lot of money. We have Amazon AWS accounts that cost right. a lot of money. And so that helps us to be able to afford to give this thing for free. And similarly, so. how do they give something for free if they're not, and they're not making money? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? I don't mind CBS saying, we want to make money off of this franchise. That's cool. I want you to make money off this franchise. I want to be able to support the franchise. This right. is the only reason that I've watched Star Trek Discovery because it's not good. <laughs> I'm serious. Look at Star Trek The Next Generation. Look at Star Trek Enterprise. Look at Star Trek right. Voyager. Look at Star Trek, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And the mentality of Star Trek is lost in Discovery. So, but I'll watch it because I want to support the franchise. Okay? That's fair. But they're killing off the small guys that are just trying to keep it alive. That is not fair. Which is not, not cool. Please comment below. Um, how can we help? We really don't know yet. Like, this mm-hmm. was announced yesterday. Um, that the the team at Stage 9 made the announcement as to why their site is gone and why their profiles are gone. I can't imagine how their hearts are feeling right now because I cannot even fathom... The labor love that they've given this. Like, I've put years into this and I started well into Category 5, right? So So imagine if you came in and I said, we have to shut it down because Microsoft said, because we talked about Microsoft Windows, we have to shut it down. Right, exactly. Could you imagine if all of a sudden you're watching the show and next week you cannot watch the show? I'm not a huge fan of Microsoft Windows. Let's give you a better scenario. Okay. I'm a big fan of Linux. Right. I'm a big, I'm really loving Linux Mint. Yes. I, I love Ubuntu. Let's look at Canonical. And what happens if Canonical comes after me? Because I love it, because I want to promote it, because I want to show my viewers about it. What would happen if they came up and said, you need to shut it down? 
we're going to sue you if you don't stop. Right. Right. That's ah. a closer scenario. They love it. They want to do it for free. They want to give it out. They want to promote it and give it to the community. I can't even imagine. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. Right. I'm brokenhearted, to be honest. So. Hmm. so what can we do? Let CBS know as best you can. Tweet about it. Post blog entries about it. Tag CBS. Yeah. Let them know. Email them. Find yeah. out how you can get a hold of them and tell them. Like, Stage 9 is a fan project, and we support it. And we support you, CBS. We want to see you create more in this franchise. But don't kill the dream and the passion that we have for this yeah. franchise. Just, you're, you're, you're hurting your fans. Well said, Robbie. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And let the folks at Stage 9 know that you love them and you support them and you want to see them continue doing whatever they're able to do under the, under the cease and desist. You can find them on Facebook. Just do a search for Stage 9. You'll find them there. They're on Twitter as well. And their accounts uh, there are still active. They've had to remove all videos and things like that. So, Okay. We have to take a really quick break. When we come back, we are going to be looking at Ubuntu Linux, but with a twist... We're going to be installing it on Windows 10. What? Don't go anywhere. (laughs) For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 575. Big announcement from Microsoft and Ubuntu. What? Ubuntu is now part of Microsoft Windows. What? How did that happen? Exactly. What is going on in this strange parallel universe that we now live in? You can now install an optimized version of Ubuntu 18.04.1 LTS in Windows 10. What? In and okay. it's all thanks to Microsoft. Double what? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. For so the, we are thanking Microsoft in this moment. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. It kind of feels dirty. Agree. But thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks, gang. Okay. Here's Microsoft's announcement. Are you ready for this? Yes. This comes to us from Microsoft's, uh, let's see if I can get this right, the Windows Developer Team's Senior Technical Product Manager. Okay. Name is Clint Rutkas. Hello, Clint. And says, today, this is a couple days back. Okay. Today, we've made running Linux even easier on Windows 10. Didn't even know they were trying. (laughs) No, I did. But here we go. With the Hyper-V Quick Create feature added in the Windows 10 Fall Creators update, we have partnered with Ubuntu and added a virtual machine image. So in a few quick minutes, you'll be up and developing. 
This is available now. Just type Hyper-V Quick Create in your start menu. Please note this feature does require Hyper-V. Please head on over to the docs and enable it. On top of running Ubuntu in a virtual machine, you can use Windows Subsystem for Linux. WSL is a Windows 10 feature that enables you to run native Linux commands, uh, the command line tools, directly on Windows. Okay. WSL is an extremely easy to install feature on Windows 10, and you can run Ubuntu, SUSE, Debian, and other distros as well. And if you want to build your own distro and use that, you can do that too. That's an official announcement from Microsoft. Huh, there you have it. Oink, oink, fly, fly. It happened, folks. Then, at the same time, from Canonical's Ubuntu desktop director, Will Cook, comes this. And this is more details, folks. Of course, Microsoft was a little bit, hey, we now have this. Here are some more details from Will Cook at Ubuntu Canonical. Today, again, a couple days ago. Yes. Here we are. we got to wait till our show. Today, we are pleased to announce that an optimized Ubuntu desktop image is available from the Hyper-V Gallery. This will give an optimum experience when running Ubuntu Desktop as a guest on Windows 10 Pro Desktop Host. From the Ubuntu Report Data, we know that a lot of people are using Ubuntu as a virtual machine, and so we want to make that experience as seamless as possible. Our friends over at Microsoft, do you hear that? Our f this is canonical. Linux. Our Ubuntu friend. talking. Calling Microsoft our friends. We had it wrong all along. I, I don't understand what's <laughs> happening here. Our friends over at Microsoft have worked with XRDP Upstream to add support for their enhanced session mode, which provides tight integration between a Windows host and the Ubuntu virtual machine running in Hyper-V. The next obvious step was to create a bootable Hyper-V image of Ubuntu Desktop 18.04 LTS, which includes XRDP pre-configured, to take advantage of enhanced session mode. So, the question, what does enhanced session mode give us? What, yes, what does it give That's us? That's the question, right? And so I continue. Improved clipboard integration. Dynamic desktop resizing. Shared folders for easy guest and host file transfers. That is good. Uh-huh. And imp an improved mouse experience, seamlessly being able to move from within your Ubuntu installation outside into the Windows environment. Oh. Thanks to the work that Microsoft contributed to the open source XRDP project, an open source implementation of Microsoft's own remote desktop protocol, Hyper-V users benefit from using HVSOC, a byte stream-based communication mechanism between the host and the guest, giving a high bandwidth interconnection between them. That's a lot of technobabble. See, I told you it was going to get serious here tonight. Basically... This is some integrated stuff. This is right. built for speed, seamless integration, and a great user experience. The Ubuntu Desktop 18.04.1 LTS Hyper-V image is available now in the Hyper-V gallery on Windows 10 Pro. Mm -hmm. Once booted, you'll be guided through setting up Ubuntu, including adding your user account, locale, time zone. When you first uh, finish the setup, enhanced session mode will automatically be enabled and prompt you to select your screen resolution. Once selected, you get an XRDP prompt to log in. 
Make sure that Xorg is selected from the drop-down and enter your username and password that you created during this setup, and you'll be logged into a full Ubuntu desktop session. For more information, visit the Microsoft blog. What? Huh. Canonical says, for more information about how to get Ubuntu working on, Canon- on, Ubuntu- on Windows. Windows. <laughs> Say it. So many brands here, folks. Go to Microsoft's website. And find out more. So let's actually, uh, you know, it's not enough to just announce the news. Yeah, let's do it. Do we have time, Sasha? Do you, Well, they said just a few minutes. Wind back the clock. They said just a few minutes. Let's, let's do, do, this. do this. Okay, yeah. All right, so jumping over to my laptop computer. I'm going to click, now this is Windows 10 Pro. First thing that I want to do is make sure that I have Hyper-V active. So type Windows features. And you see that first option, turn Windows features on and off? Click on that. And if you scroll down, you'll see Hyper-V. And you can see, yay, I already have it. And it's already active. If it's not on your system, you can click the checkbox, hit OK, and you're good to go. Well, how do you know if you have Windows 10 Pro, which is required in order to do this? Well, I kind of cheat. I just type 64-bit, and it says, see if you have a 32 or 64-bit version of Windows. And on that screen, if you scroll down a little ways, you'll see that this is Windows 10 Pro. Cool. And so with that, I know, ha ha, I have what I need to make this happen. So with Hyper-V installed, and keep in mind that this update came in with the fall update. Right. Finally, Microsoft does an update that brings us some good. <laughs> Sasha's like, only, amen. <laughs> only one time ever, and it just happened. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. It just, this is the first time, just folks. Now. Uh, not to bash Win- Microsoft, okay? Don't need you coming at us like CBS. No, I, I, I'm really pleased with this. I loved you a lot more before you crashed my server. But, but. we're joking about it because, yeah, you kind of, <laughs> your updates kind of screwed up Sasha's work for a week. But I'll love you again now that you're embracing Linux. This one is a little better. Yeah. Okay. So this is what was coming to your server, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> Type Hyper-V and you'll see Quick Create. That's brand new, folks. Click on that. Say, yup. And what do we find? Lo and behold, <laughs> what do you want to install? Windows 10 dev environment, or Ubuntu 18.04.1 LTS. I haven't had to download it. I haven't had to set up a virtual machine. I'm not doing this, folks. Microsoft has included Ubuntu LTS in Windows 10. Bananas. This is a trippy show, folks. Trippy show. So I'm going to click on Create Virtual Machine, and when I do... All of a sudden, it's going to start downloading. And thanks to the magic of television here, Sasha, tonight, I've sped this up from 45 minutes because, ladies and gentlemen, it's not as fast as they say. That download server (laughs) is a a beast. Yeah, 45 (laughs) minutes for me to download this. Thank you, Cyberlink Power Director, for the ability to change time. And here it comes. It's e- I'm even getting impatient watching it in thousand times the actual speed, Sasha. I can't even give yourself, give yourself some time, folks. Walk away at this point. At this point, walk away. You've got Go another 20 out. minutes left. Check out a movie. <laughs> yeah, do something. Do not just sit there waiting. Now, this is real time. It's going to verify that downloaded image. We're going to see if that works. Oh, I sure hope it does. All right. 
Now we're creating a new virtual machine. Did you notice, Sasha? All I did was click on Ubuntu 18.04.1 in the Hyper-V system and click on install. And I'm just, I know that it's taking time, but I am just sitting back and doing nothing else. Right. I could minimize this if I didn't want to show you it. I could minimize it and go about my day. Right. Let this run in the background, all that kind of stuff. Would it reduce the performance of the computer while this was happening? Ah, hardly. Okay, so you really could. Yeah, yeah. Now, keep in mind, I'm doing this also on my laptop computer, and my laptop computer, as we've found, is not the most latest and greatest. However, it does have Windows 10 Pro, and it's got an i7 in it, so I do have virtualization technology in the processor, which is great. So you're going to need to have support for that. Hyper-V requires that your processor supports virtualization technology. Uh, So do check that. My i7 is going to be a dream. So, yeah, it's extracting this. So it's time-consuming, Sasha, but it's easy. Right. I don't have to figure anything out. That's how I roll. Well, you know, realistically... This is an opportunity for Windows users to try Ubuntu. If this goes well, I mean, we haven't seen what the end result here is yet, folks, but there we go. It's done. So what happens if we actually click on Connect? Let's see. Oh, what's this? This is a typical Hyper-V window. I can click Start to start the virtual machine. And what have we here? Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Oh, the traditional purple screen. Here we go. Are you excited? Yeah. You can do this on your server at work now that you've got your updates. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even touch my server at work. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm mad at it. We don't talk. Ah, look at that. Yes. It flashed real quick. I've got Ubuntu on Windows. And okay, locale <gasps> selection. We're booted. Yeah. We're ready to go. Should we like see how this actually... I'm, I'm a little nervous because I've never done this before. This is a brand new feature. I'm going to hit English and continue. Let's okay. see how things go here, Sash. Uh, okay. U.S. keyboard, yeah, that's good for me. You can choose yours if it's different. I didn't even know there were others. But oh, yeah, <laughs> there's others. There's like Dvorak, <laughs> and then you get the French keyboards in, in Canada here. So right. watch out when you buy a laptop in Canada because it has all these French characters all over it. So if you're not French, it can be really annoying. If you are right. French, it can be fantastic. Sometimes my keyboard just defaults back to French anyhow, and then I have to message oh, yeah? you, how do I get rid of the Oh, yeah, that's annoying. Do? If you type resume a couple times here in Canada, all of a sudden Windows switches to French mode. Exactly, yeah. and I'm like, so, what have you? you've uh-huh. done to my life uh-huh. 
So this is, uh, it's not motoring along. Uh, I can click on the pin up at the top here. It looks just like any other Hyper-V. So by clicking on the pin, that top bar will disappear. See how that oh, okay. happened? So it'll give me a more native feeling experience. And of course, I imagine that we're going to get full screen mode here um, after the configuration is complete. So I could do this with my home computer. Yeah. You have Windows 10 on your home computer? I Is do it pro? now. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know if it's pro. I need to do the thing Check you that. did. Yeah, yes. do the thing I did. <laughs> when in doubt, do the thing I did. I have to watch mm -hmm. the show and go back to that moment and <laughs> do the thing you did. Yeah. Okay, so time zone. This is easy. Toronto. Does it, does it come up? Come on, give me Toronto. Show me Toronto. I'll just type it and hit continue. Did it work? Okay, my name. Robbie Ferguson. And it's giving me Robbie-Virtual-Machine. I'm happy with that. That's the name of my host. You are so a virtual machine. I'm just going to call... I'm going to use test, test, one, two, three, for the sake of the demonstration. Test, test, one, two, three. That's probably not a strong password. It's probably not the one that you want to use, but I'm going to use it tonight or because Sasha, by saying it out loud, I won't forget it while we're live on the air. Is one of the T's capitalized? Because that makes it stronger. No, I went really weak. It's a f and Ubuntu tells me it's a fair password. Ubuntu. Your standards are Come low. on, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to log in automatically because I don't really care. This isn't my real system. This is just a... Okay, what is it doing? So this looks a lot like the Ubuntu installer, but of course I'm not having to go through the installation procedure. It's just simply activating it on Hyper-V because I don't need to install it, right? Right. I already went through that 45-minute download and let it do its quick verification and install. Um, so it just looks like it's configuring. Now it's creating the user. It's like an initialization procedure as opposed to an installer. Uh, but it looks the same. Okay. That's sleek. F fast and full of new features. The latest version of Ubuntu makes computing easier than ever. Here are just a few cool things to look out for. Okay, what do we got? Ooh. Say goodbye to searching the web. Ah! <laughs> Say goodbye. To come that on, message. that's all I get. <laughs> come on now. Say I got ah. Uh, applying changes. All right, we're almost there. Almost there. So this is Linux. You've asked how I'm on Windows. Right. I'm interested in this Linux thing that you speak of, but I don't want to lose all my stuff, and I don't want to have a problem reverting if I don't like it. You can do this. Oh, it's done something odd here. Okay. It's gone black. Oh. You can, so you can do this. Oh, look at this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to come back to that. Um, you can do this on your Windows 10 Pro system. Right. Just as I'm doing here. It's happening live. Remind me after this. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, all right. So <laughs> it's, it's got a desktop now. So uh, choose the size of your desktop for interacting with the virtual machine. Drag the slider. Okay. Um, I want large. I want huge. I want full screen. Nice. Connect. There you are. What? Oh, wait. That's ugly as sin, what but happened? that's okay. I'm going to, okay, well, because now I'm connected by the new XRDP. So I, it was Robbie, test, test, one, two, three, which is a fair password, if you ask me. That's fair. Okay. The session was disconnected. If you want to continue, try connecting again. Reconnect. Robbie, test. Test, one, two, three. The session was disconnected. Okay, well, that stinks. That's loopy. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get back into Hyper-V. 
And let's see what is actually happening with my virtual machine here. There it is. Ubuntu is running. Can I just, can I just bring up the console? Let's, maybe my resolution at full screen, it, maybe it doesn't like it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to try, try, try just connecting with the default. Robbie, test, test, one, two, three. Because maybe, maybe, maybe it just simply didn't like the fact that I was trying to rescale the, the desktop. Is it going to give me the desktop? I can see the desktop in the thumbnail there. Come on, give me more than that, Windows. Come on. You're getting me excited here. And then. And then. So I'm an end user today, and I'm looking at that and saying, hmm. well, this is not great. What happens if I try reset, which you never actually want to do? I just want to see, do I get a window here? Come on. Connect. Am I right? Am I right? Hmm. We're so used to the process. Okay, I see Ubuntu in the little thumbnail there. We're so used to the process of I'll install Ubuntu and then install Windows as the virtual machine. So how is the process of doing it the other way around? Robbie, test, test, test one, two, three. Now, check my session. It is set to xorg, and okay. that's what... We were told to do. And it won't allow me to connect. What? I know. I okay. know. Well, that answers my question. So what was your question going to be? My question was going to be. Yes. So the reason why, as you know, we built this computer for Dave and yeah. we installed Linux on it. And, and for a moment, we loved it. And then he got on Steam and downloaded some games and the games only could play with Windows. Mm. And then so we needed to switch to Windows, which was a sad moment for us both. But it's about gaming. And he really wanted to play. I that, think. Was, that was the whole intention behind the computer, of course. Right. So yeah. the reason for switching to Windows was was that because some of the games weren't supported mm -hmm. um, so if now we have Windows 10 yep. at home if we switched now on our Windows 10 could we still play those games if you well see the, right? what we're trying to do is install Linux into Windows right so, so we're not yes. actually replacing Windows we're giving ourselves access to Windows so I would feel like I had Linux Yep. But, I could, but Dave could still play his games that are only supported with Windows. Correct. Because Windows so. is your native, your actual operating system. Right. Ubuntu would be your guest operating system. It's something that you can run when desired. So right. you can use it for internet. You can use it for things where typically viruses are a problem on Windows, for example. Yeah. But you could use this. I would want But if it doesn't actually work, like the process, this, the process of getting it installed mm -hmm. was easy peasy and dreamy. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't lead me to an operational system, then I have to say the Windows team has not done All it can do. everything that they need to do in order to make this uh, a user-friendly experience. Mm -hmm. Because I know 
I can probably get this going and maybe next week we'll say, hey, I figured out what the problem was and I can get this up and going. But if I were to go home and try and do it, then... Or any, any user. Like, right. I'm on Windows 10. I'd never used Linux before and I want to try it out. Try it on your system. Obviously, there's no harm done if you do. Give it a try through Hyper-V and see if it works for you. And comment below. Tell me if your experience is different. But as far as I'm concerned, I mean, right now, it seems disappointing. It's a little lackluster. And folks in the chat room are saying, well, check your your username. Skywriter64 says. Yes. My username was Robbie. Remember? Entered Robbie Ferguson and it gave me Robbie and the username Robbie. I know. I know. So disappointing indeed. But I would like to know, is your experience different with the Hyper-V implementation of Ubuntu 18.04? I'm excited about it. This is a really good thing for Linux and for Ubuntu. And it's an exciting thing to have Windows working on it. Right. It would help me because I want to be better with Linux, right? That's why my laptop is Linux and my home computer was to be Linux, but for gaming purposes, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But it would be really nice if I could actually run Linux on it as well and then get more acclimatized to it because there's some things I just would like to know better. I like Linux. Absolutely. I have a slight Linux bias. One final try. One final try is not even connecting. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't always go perfect. But we learned something here today. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Hmm. Very curious, folks. Chat room's going all abuzz saying, hey, try this. Oh, yeah, Skywriter64, my username was Robbie, buddy. And now I can't even connect. Um, that's it. That's that's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Really? I mean, this was a lot of time invested, except for the fact that we fast-forwarded. Think of the developers. And it's happening. It's happening, folks. Be ready for it. It's not ready yet. Not ready for prime time. Not ready for TV. Not ready for live TV. You're almost there. Almost you're not there. quite there, but you're almost there. Got it installed. Got it installed. My next step, Sasha, so I'm going to try connecting to it through remote desktop, through the IP address. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to connect to it that way. I'm going to try, like, see if I can SSH to it, see if I can get an IP address from my router. There are some things that I'm going to play with to see. Obviously, it's showing in the thumbnail. It is running. It's operational. The desktop is loaded. We're going to check back. As Lyndon says, we're going to check back next week and see how that worked. Yes. Mm-hmm. It will work by next week because mm-hmm. Robbie is nothing if not dedicated to... Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to sleep for the rest Robbie of the week. Robbie can do yeah. it. <laughs> Sasha will sleep. Sasha, are you ready to <laughs> head on over to the newsroom? Because yes. I've got you all set up and Certainly. raring to go. Absolutely. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Remember when Apple's FaceTime stopped working years ago? Turns out it was a deliberate part of Apple's planned obsolescence tactic. Well, it just got easier to run Ubuntu on Windows 10 as a virtual machine. And surprise, it's all thanks to Microsoft. Twitter has told an undisclosed number of users that their private messages may have been leaked 
to third parties for more than a year. And health officials who are looking at how to apply blockchain technology to public health issues consulted with Walmart on improving, improving food supply traceability and they plan to use the technology in the produce department. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Remember when Apple's FaceTime stopped working years ago? Turns out that it was a deliberate part of Apple's planned obsolescence tactics. Apple is accused of deliberately crippling features for people who didn't upgrade their iPhones and iOS in a class action lawsuit over its FaceTime video conferencing software. Last week, U.S. District Judge Lucy Koh allowed a class action lawsuit against the tech giant to move forward after she rejected Apple's argument that it can do whatever it wants with people's iPhones because users agree to its terms of service agreements. At the heart of the lawsuit filed in California is a decision by Apple to kill off FaceTime for those who were not using the latest iPhone and latest operating system software. In April 2014, they had let a digital certificate expire prematurely, which broke the video conferencing service for anyone using version 6 or lower of iOS. Apple claimed that at the time that there was a bug and users needed to upgrade to the latest version, iOS 7, to fix things. But internal documents suggest that Apple knowingly broke FaceTime for tech holdouts because it was costing it money. Six months earlier, the latest version of its operating system, iOS 7, had been released and included a fundamental change to the way FaceTime worked. But many iPhone 4 users were wary about iOS 7 because the resource-hungry upgrade made their phones run very slowly. So they struck it. They stuck with iOS 6, but then FaceTime suddenly stopped working, and when asked about it, April, Apple told them to upgrade to iOS 7 or buy the latest phone the iPhone 5. Now that Judge Coe has certified the lawsuit, this means that it can move forward as a class action lawsuit and pull in others who have been affected. But there are a couple of limitations. First, you have to live in California. Judge Coe rejected the attempt to make it a national class action lawsuit because the law is under consideration very widely across the United States. And second, it can't be on a jailbroken phone. So if you live in California and got frustrated when your iPhone 4 became incredibly slow or were prevented from using FaceTime because you didn't want to upgrade to iOS 7, then you might be in line for a payout if the lawyers win the case. Of course, this being Apple, if it does lose, it will appeal the decision to the ends of the earth. So don't expect that money anytime soon. Your thoughts? Land obsolescence seems like thievery to me. It really does. I don't like it one little bit. Do you want to hear my experience as an Apple user? Yes. I'm not an Apple user. 
that's my experience as an the Apple end. user. That's it. Okay. If you are an Apple user, I would encourage you, try the alternative. Just test it. Just see, give yourself a week. Borrow a friend's phone or something. Right. Put your SIM card in it and give it a try. Uh, because there is a certain amount of freedom that comes from Android, for example, that right. you don't get with an Apple device. Now, my experience with Apple, I know you, you, you wanted to, I, I want to tell the story. Tell me, tell me okay. your story. I went to Target, which opens stores here in Canada. Yes. Target, Target opens stores here in Canada. And, and I went there. Uh-huh. And they had an electronics department and they had a sale. Uh-huh. And I bought an iPod Touch. You did, eh? I did, yeah. And then? And I hated it. Ah. Because I'm used to the freedom of an Android device and being able to drag on MP3 files and iTunes is crap. Mm-hmm. And... So I really felt confined with the iPod Touch. Yes. They, they Target pulled out of Canada. <laughs> they did. They did indeed, actually. Like a day later. They up and moved out. And so I was stuck it, with this. So. Uh, yeah, I figure, oh, yeah, I've got a, a couple weeks to, you know, if, if I really do not. I'm not, a, I'm not the kind of guy who will buy something and return it. Right. But if I really don't like it, which I really didn't like it, I could have returned it. They were gone. They up and moved out. So I couldn't do anything about it. So I still have it, but it's useless. Now, I fired it up recently, and I charged it up. And this was new, like a few years ago, and and I've only used it once or twice. And I charged it up, and I booted it up, and I thought, okay, well, maybe I can use it for something. Maybe I can pass it along to the kids or something. And I turned it on for the first time in that many years, and it wouldn't let me install anything. Anything. It said my operating system was out of date. Obsolescence. So I said, okay, well, give me the latest. I said, let's install the operating system. I said, give me the update. Yeah. This is not compatible with your version of the iPod Touch. Get a new iPod Touch. Get a new iPod Touch. I... Okay, so... How do you stand that? Let me just rewind back in time. When I was a new co-host to Category 5, I had a MacBook and I had an iPhone. Oh, yeah? I did. Okay. And... And I'm not into... I'm not trying to convert anyone to... And the reason why I... I just want you to feel that... Like, try it. The reason why I liked them is because they are simple. Now, the reason that I hate them is because they are simple. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't do anything. You just, like, this planned obsolescence thing, to me, it angers me, but it also just reassures, like, yeah, of course it makes sense. Because they want you to like it and use it, and then all of a sudden throw that out and buy a new one and like it and use it and then throw it out. But I understand that the Apple-using viewers are maybe not quite understanding what you're saying because, oh, but I love my iPhone. Right. But I promise that if you try something else and get out of that mindset of that cycle, I th- yeah. I'm sure you'd be like, wow, it's, why did I ever waste my money on that? It's what's normal to you. So it became normal to me, right? I liked mm-hmm. it because I knew it. Yeah. And then the new Absolutely. version is so similar to the old version mm-hmm. that you can you feel like a genius. 
right? Yeah. Because, oh yeah, I know how to do that. I know where that is, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even though it's a brand new phone. And sometimes with Android, I don't feel like a genius. Sure. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't have a clue where things are, right? Yeah. And the new, the newer versions. But you know what? It's forcing me to learn and grow. And I don't need to ditch my phone. But it's not hard. And I can't, don't, yeah. Don't, don't misinterpret okay. what she's saying. It's not <laughs> it's difficult. It's not difficult. I'm Sasha. No, no, I'm not. No, come on. I understand that challenge of, oh, well, the icons are not where they used to be and I need to reinstall the apps that I want. Yeah, or like you have to double click a little bar instead of long holding it, right? Like, How about this? I want MP3s. I want music on my phone. Yeah. So I take a cable and I plug it into my computer and I take all those files that I ripped from CDs and I just put them on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then I unplug it and I push play. And I'm done. The end. The end. If I want to use wires on my headphones, I can plug them in. Right. I, I wouldn't super hate on any of the Apple products with the exception of the fact that this planned obsolescence thing, yeah. I think it's, that it's, burns lawsuit, me. it's lawsuit worthy because it's thievery. I, oh. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Enough about that. Let's so if you live in California. <laughs> yes. Then. Get an, and you haven't jailbroken your iOS 4 device. Which, what are you waiting for? You have an I, yeah. iOS 5. I don't know how you haven't jailbroken it yet. I, that's the but, problem. Yeah, well, but, it doesn't apply to you if you jailbroke it. Exactly. On, that's not fair. So, okay, so don't jailbroke your, break your phone if the plan was to do it tomorrow. Just be part of <laughs> Hang tight. You're about to come into some money. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it just got a whole lot easier to run Ubuntu on Windows 10 as a virtual machine. And surprise, it's all thanks to Microsoft. Windows 10 Pro users are now able to spin up an enhanced Ubuntu virtual machine directly from the Hyper-V Quick Create tool. The Hyper-V Gallery Ubuntu image lets Windows users get a full Ubuntu 18.04 desktop session set up and running sooner with fewer post-install steps required to make it usable. The bootable Hyper-V image of Ubuntu 18.04 LTS comes with XRDP pre-configured to support enhanced session mode out of the box. Enhanced session mode in Hyper-V is kind of like guest tools in VirtualBox in that once enabled, you get better integration between host and guest, including clipboard support, dynamic desktop resizing, shared folders and driver direction, and seamless mouse sharing. An awful lot of Ubuntu users run Ubuntu on Windows using virtual machines. Microsoft is aware of that, that fact, hence the creation of the Windows subsystem for Linux, WSL. Aware that many developers and IT admins on Windows rely on virtual machines to run Linux on Windows, Microsoft decided to roll its sleeves up and work with upstream XRDP, an implementation of Microsoft's RDP protocol for Linux, to iron out the kinks. And the result is this news. The Ubuntu 18.04 Hyper-V image, which is arguably more flexible than WSL, as it supports a full GUI session, has neat systems integration, and of course actually uses the Linux kernel. Microsoft says with only three mouse clicks, users will be able to get an Ubuntu VM running that offers clipboard functionality, drive redirection, and much more. In short, the addition of Ubuntu 18.04 to the Hyper-V gallery gives developers and system admins stuck on Windows 10 a faster way to install an optimized version of Ubuntu 18.04 using Hyperlink V. Hyperlink V? Hi- hyper, so I don't even know. <laughs> hyper V. <laughs> hyper V. I they, they disappeared. My experience so far, and if you watched episode number 575 of Category 5 Technology TV this week, is 
the installation process goes very, very well. And I'm pleased that they're making this effort, but we weren't able to get it up and going and, and use it. Yes. It's but I can see the potential. Like, it's, it's almost there. It's Maybe I've got to do some more work to get it up and going. Maybe it's not quite as easy as it. Yes. Yeah. But it's so close, right? And it means yeah. that people who really do feel like stuck on Windows 10, and there are some certain, there are some situations where you really work would feel computers, work computers. And as a developer or, myself, I I really would not want to be developing on Windows. Like I want to be in a Linux environment using Linux tools. Right. Yeah. So this is great, actually. I wonder what uh, Linus would say. He oh, can't. he'd be he cursing can't. at them. He can't right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's so angry right now. Um, <laughs> I think that this is a really great opportunity for Windows users who are interested in Linux. Yes. To give it a try. I, it makes me think back to a product called Wooby. It was simply called Wooby. W-U-B-I. Sounds fun. Which was uh, like a, an Ubuntu implementation on Windows as well, but not a virtual machine. It was like, it was a different way of doing things. But this is actually running in a virtual machine on Hyper-V on Windows 10. So if you've got Windows 10 Pro, you can install it absolutely free. Just a couple of clicks, really. And I think that's an advantage for Microsoft. Yes. On Ubuntu, if you want to install a virtual machine of Windows, you have to have a Windows license. On Windows, if you want to install a virtual machine of Ubuntu, it's free because right. Ubuntu, Linux, is absolutely free. So there are some huge advantages to that way of doing yes. things. But it's also an opportunity for you to try it out and get the feel of Ubuntu and say, you know, do I need Windows? I know that's not their intent because otherwise they wouldn't do it. It's a development environment. But it does give you the chance to give it a try. Exactly. And it's free. So what, what do you have to lose, really? Exactly. Like, yeah. you might as well just go ahead, do it, try it. What, I think like, so. It's already there. What, and see, and see if you free. can get it up and going better than I can. Yeah. Because so far, I haven't got it up and going. I'm going to give it another try this week and see if I can get it working. It ought to be a it challenge. Should be, it should be easy. Are you going to try it at home? Well, I I'd would like, you I to. Would like I'd to. I'd love to have you report back next week here's, if it works. Here's the only thing that worries me is I don't know if I have my uh, Windows 10 Pro. Like, I just don't. I just don't know. You know how you can tell, and I cheat, but I click on the start menu uh -huh. and I type 64-bit. Okay. And then it says, tell if, you're win if your computer is 32 or 64-bit. And then you just scroll down and it shows you the version of Windows that you're running. Right. It'll say Windows 10 Pro or Windows 10 Home. If you have Windows 10 Pro, you can install Hyper-V by going to um, Windows Features and Software, whatever. I do a quick search. Windows Features. Uh, turn Windows Features on and off. That's okay. what I see there. And by going in there, I can easily install Hyper-V if I haven't got it already. Right. Yeah. I would like to give this a try because, I mean, to tell Please you the do. truth. I'd love yeah. to hear how it goes. I, I love Linux. I have a slight Linux bias. Um, and uh, I only have Windows for the gaming capabilities that, yeah, that yeah. Windows has. Mm -hmm. So if I can just... 
Yeah, this is a way over. that you can boot into Ubuntu, into Linux, without yeah. replacing Windows. Exactly. So you don't have to get Windows off. You can still have it for all your games. Because I did, like, I did think to myself at the time when we were sadly saying goodbye to Linux and getting Windows on our computer, I did think, can I dual boot? Like, I, yeah. But I, uh-huh. I just don't know enough. But with a small and, SSD, exactly. because SSDs are traditionally a much smaller drive yeah. as far as capacity goes than a spinning drive. So but this much faster. seems to solve that. There you go. So rock it this week. Let me know how it goes. Let let's see how it goes. Okay. How it goes. We'll be interested in that. Twitter has told an undisclosed number of users that their private messages may have been leaked to third parties for more than a year. The software bug, which has since been fixed, involved direct messages between users and businesses that offer customer services via Twitter. Affected users are being notified via a message that appeared when opening the app or logging onto Twitter's website. Twitter says the issue has persisted since May 2017. The company had said that it resolved the issue immediately upon discovering it on September 10th of this year after the bug had existed for around 500 days. Twitter said not all direct messages, which are supposed to be private, unlike normal tweets, were at risk, just those between users and companies, such as an airline. While Twitter states that they do not have evidence that the bug was exploited, they also express that they have no proof that it has not. Hmm. So, when I read this story, <laughs> I, I think to myself, what Twitter user in the history of all Twitter users thinks ever that their messages will ever be private? Oh, but Sasha, what Facebook user goes into Facebook Messenger and posts their phone number or their home address? How do you do that? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... I, it just blows my mind that people would think, like, okay, so it's not, it's not good that this bug existed. But it also is not good that anybody would have put things into a message, even if it was supposed to be private, in Twitter. Like, it just doesn't we're make such, sense. We're such a connected world, though, and we, you've got an app where you're communicating. And these days, a lot of support is done through Twitter. Right. I can't, I will never pick up the phone and call Rogers. Really? Have you ever sat on hold with Rogers? I don't have Twitter. Have you sat on hold with Rogers? Yes. Have you? So how did that feel? Well, I... Pretty great, huh? Huh? This is our local cable provider. Side note. Okay, so Rogers is kind of crummy for being on hold, but my banking hold lets you choose which type of music you want to listen to that's, while on hold. That's the evolution of technology <laughs> right there. But backing up okay. to the, the Rogers scenario, okay. I can't sit through that. So do you talk I don't to have Rogers time on to Twitter? Sit through that. So I tweet to Rogers Help. What do you say? This is my social insurance number here. Help yeah, me. absolutely. <laughs> no, and and this is where I do have some respect for Rogers in, in regards to their support because they cleverly will not ask for information on Twitter. Okay. See, they'll, because they'll say, they know. Yeah. So <laughs> what what Rogers does, and this is smart. This is really clever. If you tweet to them. Yeah. And say, my internet's down or my phone is not working or so on. And, and ironically, if the internet is down, <laughs> are you which is using, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's so much irony in this. So anyways, if, the, if there's a problem, you're sitting at Tim Hortons. Here we are in Canada. We got Rogers and Tim Hortons. Those are the only two companies because uh, Target is gone. Yeah, um, they moved. <laughs> they had iPhones. So I'm tweeting to, to Rogers Helps and I say, my internet at home is down. And they say... 
like uh, whatever, friend us or whatever it is on, follow us on Twitter yeah. and, and DM us, direct message us. Okay. So then I direct message and say, hi, I need your help. And they say, click on this link. And it takes me to a, f- a secure form on their website that asks me for things like my account number, my phone number, those kinds of things that they just need to authenticate my account. Is that the spot that's being bugged? No, okay. they're never because they're not asking for that information in on Twitter. Tw- in they're Twitter's going, direct oh, messages, you're going to I'm going Rogers. to their secure website, which I trust okay. is hopefully not exploited the same way Twitter is. So there, but there are companies that are maybe not as clever as Rogers in that regard, and I, I've never right. had such respect for that feature as I do now that this has happened. Right. In that Rogers has never asked me for my personal information in Twitter. They have, right. They've authenticated me as a user with that personal information through a secure portal. Ah. So I, and then they've come back to Twitter and said, okay, yep, we got your information. We know who you are. We've authenticated your account. How can we help? I am so happy you're here because I have no experience in this. I do all of my authenticating over the phone. I call, sure. like I call, say, Rogers the other day, yeah. um, and I had to authenticate who I was. And I just said to them right on the phone after a little bit of a hold, but... Like, I just need to prove to you who I am. What do you want to know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I've always used phone contact. Okay. I've never used, I don't have Twitter. I also don't have uh. Facebook. I also don't have Instagram. But this is a whole other situation. I have Twitter. At Robbie Ferguson. Message me. Message Say hello. Don't Follow say me. personal info yeah. in that message. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing in Twitter in my mind was ever private anyway. So it blows my mind that you would think that it would be. I think if anything, this is a wake-up call anyways to say, don't post your phone number. Don't post your social insurance number. Don't post your credit card number. Don't put those kinds of things into third-party services. Yeah. Okay? So if somebody is asking for it if it's the airline and they say we need you to give us your credit card number What's for your, your deposit on twitter number? yeah no yeah. thank you is there some kind of third like can i call you form that we can use yeah some some way oh. to do this outside of that third party service i just like this to me seems so commonsensical but only because i just don't use it right so i didn't in my mind mm-hmm. i never assumed that a private message in twitter would ever be private anyway it's the same way an email is never private or yeah you know but, yeah. but some folks I, don't realize that too people mm-hmm. send me their credit card number by email that is an email is plain text that is that. as <laughs> as easy for me to read your email as it is for if i said my credit card number to you right now out loud. But what if we cover just could the viewers or, could the viewers yeah could the viewers <laughs> pick up on that credit card number if I told you my credit card number right now that that's email. email I know that's email I sadly have to explain that to a ridiculous amount of people and when I am giving you that sort of advice <laughs> Sasha is giving you this advice folks so you know it's this true this is a bad situation oh dear oh dear Okay. (laughs) Health officials who are looking at how to apply blockchain technology to public health issues consulted with Walmart on improving food supply traceability, and they plan to use the technology in the produce department. Neat. After hundreds of people in the U.S. became ill after eating contaminated romaine lettuce earlier this year. Not neat. Not meat. (laughs) Walmart... um, along with many other food retailers and restaurants, pulled the potentially tainted products, produce from their shelves after regulators issued a warning. The company says the outbreak could have been 
condemned sooner if there were a faster and easier way to trace what people had eaten. Walmart thinks blockchain technology could be the solution. The big box company worked for more than a year with IBM and 11 food companies to develop a blockchain-enabled food traceability network. Now Walmart and its subsidiary, Sam's Club, will require their leafy green suppliers to use its blockchain technology to implement real-time end-to-end traceability back to farms within a year. The company announced today. The company claims its blockchain technology dramatically improves efficiency. In an early test, Walmart's vice president of food safety, Frank Yanis, brought in sliced mangoes and asked his team to stop everything that they were doing and trace that product back to its origin on a farm, a spokesperson said. It took them nearly seven days, as the methods of tracking today are antiquated, sometimes done with pencil and paper. But using the blockchain, that tracking process can be done in 2.2 seconds. Looking back at the romaine issue, the stories had to throw out all romaine because there was no way to precisely identify which romaine was from the region where the contamination, the contaminated lettuce originated. It not only affected Walmart, but all of the retail and even restaurants. All romaine had to go. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which has been working with IBM on applying blockchain solutions to other public health issues, consulted with Walmart on improving traceability to help public health officials investigate foodborne disease outbreaks and find the source of contaminated food. Walmart said the aim of the resulting blockchain system is to help reduce the number of people who fall ill during food incidences, incidents while at the same time reducing losses for retailers and suppliers during a recall. The spokesperson said the information about Walmart's leafy greens will not be immediately available to consumers, but it's in their roadmap. I love it. I love it. I love it for a couple of reasons. I have so many reasons to love this. Okay. So I'm new to blockchain. So mm-hmm. it kind of, to me, it's like this like this shimmering, perfect orb of information that I can't quite like pop into my brain. So I'm, I'm kind of new to it. So I'm going to need to... It's like get- on the IT crowd, how the internet was this box. To her, the blockchain is this orb. It's like, I need it in my brain, but I don't get it quite yet. But yep. what I do understand in this situation, for me, as a person who wants the environment to be as great as it can be, if you can reduce waste, for example, sure. throwing out all the romaine that's ever been produced in that moment yeah. by all of the farmers and all of the leaders of water and all of the just the that's a lot of waste, labor, Sasha. and that's insane. So now take that one step further and say, okay, they've lost all that. That's waste. But now look at the consumer's uh, opinions of that produce now. Right. Okay. So when that happens, am I going to rush out? the moment romaine lettuce is back on the shelf and buy up some romaine. Right. No, I've probably lost a lot of consumer confidence in the product. Not knowing exactly how it was contaminated in the yeah. first place and whether or not it will be recontaminated and then how uh, long it'll take Is this before. the contaminated lettuce? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a pro. So I may not buy it for a while. So now all of a sudden, further down the chain, the farmer who has just had all of their stuff pulled right. from the shelf even though they had nothing to do with it their produce was clean theirs was a perfect operation and yet their product is gone and they've lost all of their sales for the next three months because right. nobody wants to buy that product that can happen this can be solved now 
Yeah, and how. So the blockchain is like this amazing encryption system that is decentralized. And when I say decentralized, the neat thing about it, all of these processes up until now. Yes. So when I, as a farmer, because look at me, I am obviously a farmer. If I, as a farmer, pick my mangoes right, and put down on the ledger that, okay, I picked my mangoes and I've shipped them to such and such a company. And then that company takes it and warehouses it. And then that company then ships it out and disperses it throughout the world because it's an international thing. Well, each hop along that way, everybody's jotting down the notes, whether they use a computer or whatever, but there's a complete disconnect between them and there's no way to trace them back. Or right. it's very, very difficult to trace them back um, to their origin. So now with the blockchain, as opposed to that methodology, everybody's using the, enti- the same system to authenticate that produce. Uh-huh. So as soon as I pick that mango, it gets assigned a, an ID, which is entirely unique. So now I know that this ID, this mango, was picked at this farm. And as soon as I take, yeah, at this time, and the weather was like this at that time in this region, as soon as I put it on the truck, it's still got the same blockchain ID. So now everything, it's got a history, and everything can be followed. Everything can be followed right through to the end. And because the blockchain is decentralized, anyone can install it. Anyone can take that orb and put it on their system, right? So Walmart can take the blockchain and have the blockchain. Right. Every other company, every little farm can take the blockchain and have the blockchain. So if you find out that one farm with a small amount of romaine has distributed only one head of romaine to all these places and people got sick, that's it. You would know the rest of the romaine was safe. Sure. Right? Yeah. But how? So, like, so is it say- a sticker? What is it? I don't, I'm so confused. Well, it would have to be a sticker or IBM has been working on chips, okay. for example. That, like um, you, you look at, like, remember CDs? Do you remember CDs? Yeah. When you open the jewel case, there was a little bar of metal. And yes. that metal was programmed by the computer so that if someone walked out of the store and tried to steal it, it would set off a buzzer. Okay. So think about that kind of technology. It's a, a very okay. small a sticker, sure. It could be something that goes under the skin. It could be uh, these days. The technology's there. So right. they can work it into the blockchain can become a part of the produce or the product. Yeah. But oh, it's so good. It's really good. And, and so as you say, if they find contaminated produce, so now think about that scenario mm-hmm. of romaine lettuce. Here's contaminated produce. We can see, okay, this originated, this came on, off of this truck. It came from that farm. It was handled by this farm worker. And, oh, that farm worker had this problem disease or something right let's just say a scenario so that's what happened so oh well that farm worker also handled all of the oh well we can track it because it's on the blockchain we can say oh we have some of that in that store we have oh they have it in that store over there so pull pull just that one Mm -hmm. everything else is fine leave it up and so no loss in consumer confidence right i'm not worried because i'm actually very confident that they're keeping me safe by pulling the very product that is Right. The one that's infected. And no loss to our resources, which is a huge That's a big thing. But that's not my motivation. I want to know that my family's safe and I want, and and I do care about the farmer and I want to know that I'm not losing consumer confidence for no reason. Right. Every time there's an E. coli outbreak, it's like, I won't 
I don't feel confident to buy the produce that is involved. In, I'm not eating carrots for a couple months. You know, I know it's it's just the way it is. That's my that's our mindset. So this does away with that. And what's neat about it is that we now live in a time right now for the very first time ever in the history of humankind where this is possible. Yes, that's exciting. It is. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. Thanks, everybody, for being here with us tonight or today, depending on what time you're watching and where you're watching from. Uh, we appreciate having you here. It's been a lot of fun. It has been. I, I think Jeff is back next week. Yes. And uh, I know you will be back, and I look forward to seeing you again. Get onto our website, category5.tv. There's lots of great content there, and we look forward to seeing you again. Take care. <laughs>